Transferring wealth successfully starts with asking yourself questions that will give your family a better life now and for generations to come. In this podcast, financial professionals John and Michael from Copper Beach Financial Group guide you through eye-opening questions to help you discover the truth about your wealth. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to The Truth About Wealth with John and Michael Paris of Copper Beach Financial Group. Gentlemen, how are you guys? Eric, doing great. How are you, sir? Fantastic. Michael, how you been? I've been good. How about yourself? Awesome. Awesome. I know today Excellent. we're talking about the SECURE Act, or you guys are yeah. talking about the SECURE Act. I'm, I'm really here to get educated, honestly. I know this is a big deal this this past last year, but the, the ramifications of this act are obviously going to continue for a while. So why did you feel it was really necessary to do this? And I believe this is going to be a two-part podcast, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. We're going to do two parts here today. I think the reason why we, we chose this topic, we've alluded to this law probably on a bunch of our prior podcasts. And it's one of those laws, again, like you said, Eric, it's been, it was passed early in 2020. And for a lot of the families that we work with, we've been having a lot of conversations with them lately on some of the implications of this law or that this law will have on their planning, particularly on the generational side. So we wanted to really dedicate a whole, well, two podcasts to really digging into it in a little bit different ways than we've seen some people. We just think that many families really haven't been paying enough attention to the impact that this law will have on their planning. So that's why we wanted to touch on this today. All right. So let's talk about those impacts. Which ones do you want to address today? Well, I think primarily what we're going to dig into a lot is, the, is the, like I said, the generational ramifications of this law. And there's a particular provision that went into effect with the SECURE Act that we're going to touch on a lot. And that really has to do with the how, how these qualified plans, so that includes your IRA, a 401k plan, 403b plan, those types of plans, how they are inherited by children. Remember, we think generationally with families, so we, we plan for these 100-year type families. And so that's a major focus uh, for what we do with our, with our clients. So that's really the main focal point that we're going we're gonna to focus on today. Yeah, and, and, the, and the other side to that would be just make it more clear to, to folks that, that, that if they're going to use their IRAs, this might not be a, as a big an issue versus clients that have large IRAs and they're never going to use them. That's the, that's the, that's the focus we're going to have a little bit today because that's really our client base. And they're starting to really hear about it, even though it's a year or so later. And that's why we're going to want to talk about it because now, now they realize it has a huge impact to Michael's point on wealth transfer. It's not a, it's a very good asset while you're living, but if you have a large estate or you have large assets uh, as a family, it's not a very good asset to, to, to move. Mm -hmm. By the way, just so you know, if you have high tax state taxes and you have your regular tax world, these IRAs are taxed at 70 to 75% levels to these families. Oh, so, wow. so my point is, it's a great asset where you live in, but if you're affluent and you have these large pools of money in these qualified plans, you're going to lose most of it in taxes. And that's what we're going to talk about today on, on how you might be able to not only recognize you might have that problem, but we, on the second half of this podcast, we're going to talk about potentially some solutions to change things up a little bit and make it more a generational focus. All right. Yeah, let's let's start off dad with with how these qualified plans were taxed or inherited by 
children prior to the SECURE Act uh, being passed. So if you look at what happened prior to this law being passed, you, children, not spouses, we can touch on, on transfers of these plans between spouses, but if you inherited as a child one of these plans from your parents, the old law said that you could do what what's, was commonly termed the stretch. So what that basically meant was the child could inherit this IRA or qualified plan, and they would have to, they, they could elect this stretch, and what that meant was they could take out small, very, very small pieces of that IRA over their life expectancy. And the, 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 the mindset was, I don't necessarily need these funds for my lifestyle, because typically if a child inherits one of these plans from their parents, they might be, have jobs on their own, they, they don't really need uh, this, this plan, but they were forced to take out small amounts over their life expectancy. And in the meantime, the remaining assets could stay in that plan and accumulate tax-free growth for basically the remainder of their lives. So when you look at the income tax side of, of inheriting these plans, it was a pretty nice benefit. Now, as you mentioned, Dad, the, if there was an estate tax exposure on that transfer, that might be a little bit of a different calculation that the family yep. had to do. But from an income tax standpoint, that was the old law. Now, what happened with the SECURE Act, uh, one of the provisions of that, and one of the ones we're gonna focus on today, is now that stretch IRA has gone away. So now what happens is if you are a child and you inherit uh, a, an IRA from your parent, now there are some exceptions to this, but they're very nuanced and quite frankly, probably don't apply to the vast majority of listeners out there as, to, uh, as a way to get around what this new law is. But now what happens is if you inherit that IRA or qualified plan from your parent, you have to fully withdraw or fully liquidate that plan within 10 years. So if you look at the comparison between the old law where you could, again, stretch that distribution or those distributions over your life expectancy, now you have to take it all out no longer than 10 years from the date of death of the parent. And when we start looking at this and talking about this with families, again, it, it just seems like many families in their planning aren't really focusing on this component and it can have a really, really big impact on the, in the generational income tax exposure that the family has from these plans. Yeah, and you can imagine most people that are not focused on this, they have a tendency to continue to contribute to their pension plans or their 401k plans or add to their IRAs and not paying attention to that. That's only compounding the problem on the generational side. So the question I would pose is, is there another solution and not have not fund my IRA or 401k plan or pension going forward? Now, that's a planning decision. And we'll get into that the second half of the podcast. So, so I, I guess my message is if you, if you have a large qualified plan, stop and take a peek and say, what am I doing going forward with this new law? And, and look and talk to your advisors you currently work with and, and talk about it and, and make sure it's on the table so you can pay, again, pay attention to it and maybe have some, some uh, better outcomes by doing some planning around it. Yeah, I think planning's key. And we've heard, you've heard us talk about that almost on every podcast, probably ad nauseum, but it is really important. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very important. The, the planning component is, is everything. So when you're looking at these types of qualified plans that, that you may have, and we have a lot of families where they, they, they really these plans were the only avenue that they had to really accumulate retirement savings. And we have some families with millions and millions of dollars that have accumulated over their working careers in these plans. And 
in many cases, they really probably don't need them to live on in their retirement years. Or not all of them. Or not all of it. They might have a, a business asset that they've sold. They have other assets that they can live the lifestyle that they want to live. And these, these qualified plans now become what we term more of a legacy asset rather than a lifestyle asset. And so we have some families right now that are really looking at these, what we call required minimum distributions, if you remember. And when you have these qualified plans, the Congress and the laws say that you have to start withdrawing from these plans when you now reach age 72. That was another mm -hmm. change in the SECURE Act that the SECURE Act made. It used to be 70 and a half. Now you can wait until 72. So you got about 18 months. Aren't of, they special in Washington? Of, of, yeah. of a delay there. But if you are, again, a family where you, you've been successful, you have assets outside of these plans, the law is telling you now you have to start taking assets out when you're 72. So, you know, the, these, at these plans, again, from a generational standpoint, they're now no longer lifestyle assets, as we call them. They're not needed for retirement income and living the life that, that you know, say, mom and dad want to live. They're now more of a legacy asset that it's an asset probably going to be uh, given to the kids at some point. So that's what, again, when we look at this SECURE Act, we're going to focus on that generational piece with some of these solutions that we have. But by the way, the, the folks that are getting hit the hardest with this, with this law change are doctors. I mean, to Michael's point earlier, doctors put all their money away in their qualified plans because that's the only deduction they were, they were able to utilize. Mm -hmm. So they piled as much money they, that they could into these programs. Ultimately, to Michael's point earlier again, is that they created millions in these pools. And I went out to Phoenix a couple of weeks ago. I met with one of my doctors out there and I outlined the problem. And he looked at me, he goes, are you kidding me? I mean, my kids are gonna get within 10 years. Did they have to pay it the 10th mm -hmm. year? Or did or they have to pay it over over the full ten years? Well, there's no guidance yet from from the IRS on that. But the, the, I'm, we're sensing that you can't wait till the tenth year to, to liquidate it. You have to pay it over that ten years. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. We're, I, we're not sure yet. I, yeah. There's been some wishy washiness as okay. to really how that law is applied. As we're recording this, there was, I think, a, an IRS procedural memo that went out probably a couple months ago that essentially said that. You did you, it, during this ten-year period of time. Conventional wisdom was you can delay it until the end of the tenth year before you had to fully liquidate it. This memorandum essentially said, no, no, you do have to take some distributions during years one through nine. Well, that sort of threw everybody for a loop a little bit, and now they seem to be backtracking a little bit from that. So we're not again entirely sure to your point that how this is really going to play out. So that's another unknown yeah. that we're dealing with right now, unfortunately. And by the way, in case the listeners are wondering, the same law is around Roths as well. Although Roths grow tax-free and they come out tax-free, you have to have that liquidation over that 10 years. So if you think generationally, mm. if, you have, if you have a million dollar Roth that you transfer to your kids, there's no tax implications, but, it, but by the 10th year, they've got to take that million dollars out so if you think generationally, what happens to that million dollars? It's mm. not asset protected. It's now in the hands of the children, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But if you think generationally, it's not secure for the generations or maybe for their kids, mm -hmm. where these, these assets used to be looked at upon as, as helping the grandkids as well as the kids over that long stretch period. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's interesting when you look at what they're trying to accomplish. They want their tax dollars. 
You know, that's, that's what they want. And they want to limit your ability to accumulate wealth. It's, it's, it's an interesting issue on the table and it's, we all have to adjust it over time. Yeah. I think that Roth uh, point you made dad is, is a, a good one because I think a lot of people are looking, we are going to talk a lot about taxes today, but I think the point you made with the asset protection side is a really interesting one. I, I've heard some families say, well, I don't really have to be as concerned about the 10 year withdrawal because I'm using Roth dollars. So therefore they, they, they come out tax free, as you mentioned, well, I don't have to worry about that big tax bite at the end of the 10th year. And that's true. But once it leaves the Roth IRA and it's inherited by typically your children, and by the way, that's how most of these accounts are set up, uh, that they're, an individual is named a beneficiary, not a trust or some other um, vehicle. That's most commonly how it's set up. So they, they assume, okay, my children are going to inherit this Roth IRA, and I don't have to be worried about that tax. Well, once it leaves that Roth IRA, now how are the children going to invest those funds? They probably are going to have to invest it into a, a taxable vehicle unless we look at some of the maybe things we're going to vehicles we're going to talk about on our next episode with this. But that's another, just a concern. Think about generationally at the end of the rainbow, when these monies come out of that account at the end of 10 years, how are they going to be invested? You know, what tax brackets are my children in? What situation are my children in at that time? Asset protection wise, like you mentioned that there's, there's other considerations that again, all around planning, all around planning that we just feel that probably need to be addressed more. And if you haven't addressed it, you should talk to your advisors about it because it's it's very important. Yeah, and it, and it and it's it's really a challenge around the tax picture. To to Michael's example, let's assume that child in, inherits the Roth, it liquidates. Now he has a million dollars. He invested under the current proposed tax law changes. We're not sure if that's going to happen yet, but the proposed changes are: President Biden wants to raise the capital gain rate to the ordinary income tax rate. Now, we don't think it's going to get there, but let's assume that all comes to pass. If you live in New York, New Jersey, where we live, or California, what what is your tax rate on the investment earnings on that account going forward? You probably lose between 40 and 50% of your growth every year because you've made money in your account, but then you have to give 40% plus to the tax man every year. You can't shelter it unless you do some tax managed concepts. And we'll talk about that at the, in the second phase of this podcast. So, so clients are stuck in this dilemma. What do I do? How do I operate? How do I, what's the best way to invest now with these potential tax exposures or law changes? So they're starting to recognize they have to pay attention to it, but it's like a long time ago when the law, law kind of was enacted. So again, our role now is to help our families through discovery on options to eliminate that as a problem. And Ted, you mentioned the 70 to 75% value that's lost for certain families that are passing on these qualified plans to kids. Let's go into a little bit more detail on that because that's going to be important for the next episode when we talk about some solutions. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah. So if you have a if you have an estate tax issue, in other words, you have assets above that 23 million credit that we all get today, that's going to change. In the 2025, it's going to sunset back down to a million, excuse me, 11 million, 700,000, right, Michael? Per, per, per couple. Per, yeah, per couple. Inflation. So it's going to adjust automatically by 2025. But under the current law, it's 23 million. So if, if you died with an asset that was above that $23 million credit, your children currently under the tax code have to pay 40 cents on every dollar within nine months of the day of death. So it's a challenge. 
So let's assume you're worth another $10 million above the $23 million credit. And, and if you have an IRA or a qualified plan, think about the tax ramifications. 40, 40% tax on the inherited value, because you have to inherit it, you have to pay tax on it. But you haven't paid income tax on it, on it yet. So when you look at the overall tax problem around those assets, when kids take that out, they're being subject to about 70% plus in taxes on that asset. So you have to do the math, but it's pretty accurate. It's between 70 and 75, depending on, on what state you live in. There's also state tax on that as well. So you have to be careful when you look at these assets. And again, we're strategists moving wealth generationally. So that causes a bump in the road for us, for a lot of our families. That's an asset that's not going to quite make it. And how do I change that? Yeah, I mean, and that's a big component with estate planning when, when a lot of our families are looking at, let's say, trying to lower their estate for one reason or another because they may be already over that exemption amount you mentioned at or approaching it. And when you look at these qualified plans, they have to be owned by individuals. Right? An IRA has to be owned by a person. A Roth IRA has to be owned by a person. So they're included in your gross estate. As you mentioned, it makes it very difficult to do estate planning with these assets unless they're not in these in these plans anymore, which is what we're going to touch on again in our next episode. So that's really where you have to, again, really look at this comprehensively and talk to your advisors about it. Again, not everybody has that exposure and that's fine. But again, we don't know where the laws are going to go. There's currently set, as you mentioned, Dad, to sunset. The the estate exemption is set to basically be cut in half in uh, another you know four or five years. And then again, some of the proposals that have been uh, put forth in Congress are set to even lower that even more. We're not sure where that's going to go as well as we're recording this. So again, there's a lot of a lot of things going on, a lot of law changes tax wise that have happened with the Secure Act and some of these proposals. And again, that's really where we're just hoping to bring attention to this issue and have some of the listeners focus on that if it, if they think it might be a concern for their planning. Yeah, and in this conversation today is it's kind of a shot over the bow to let people to kind of wake them up a little bit if they're not looking at this. As we talked in the previous podcast, I talked about the world is way more complex than it used to be. So much information out there on the internet. People have so many different opinions of things and people are getting trapped into making decisions around things that might not be the right thing for them and their family. So, so, so you really need to buckle up, start with getting close to your advisors and work with them and look at all these issues because it's not going to get easier. So again, wake up call, get back to your planning as we talked at the last podcast and start focusing on some of these issues. Yeah. Guys, this is fantastic. I mean, this is this is obviously information that people need to know, things to, to get people to think, and now also something to have them come back in two weeks for that next podcast. I know you're going to talk a lot about the solutions and ideas and strategies on the next podcast, but this was a, a great eye-opener and ear-opener, in my opinion, that, that families need to be aware of. So thank you so much. Any Any other last closing thoughts from either one of you for the next podcast? No, well, we hope you tune in. I think that's this is really what, that next episode will be really where we put some meat on the bone, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, I think that we'll get into um, some of the strategies that we've looked at, that we've read about, and, and maybe dissect them a little bit and put them within the context of maybe how to most benefit your family if you are concerned about the Secure Act and its impact on your 
on your planning. And we'll just dig in a little bit more. Yeah, just a little warning. You know, the tax code's complex, and sometimes the solutions are as complex. Mm-hmm. You have to work around the code. So this this next conversation in a couple of weeks is going to be around some some opportunities to reduce the tax burden and shift assets where they're generationally now connected. It's going to be a little technical, but we're going to try to keep it as as simple as possible and not get too deep in the weeds, but to tweak the audience to let them maybe do their own research on their side with their current advisors. Yeah, absolutely. It's all individualized, like you've said many, many times on this podcast. So they need to be doing that. Guys, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to that next podcast. And of course, our last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Truth About Wealth podcast with John and Michael Paris. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when John and Michael come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks so much for listening today. For everyone at Copper Beach Financial Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Truth About Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Copper Beach Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. This material is for informational purposes only. Neither APFS nor its representatives provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Please consult your own tax, legal, or accounting professional before making any decisions. Copper Beach is not affiliated with American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolios Advisors, Inc. Securities offered through American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc., a member of FINRA SIPC, Investment Advisory and Financial Planning Services offered through American Portfolio Advisors, Inc., an SCC Registered Investment Advisor. These opinions are subject to change at any time without notice. Any comments or postings are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute an offer or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or other financial instruments. Readers should conduct their own review and exercise judgment prior to investing. Investments are not guaranteed, involve risk, and may result in a loss of principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Investments are not suitable for all types of investors. Copper Beach is an unaffiliated entity of American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolios Advisors, Inc. Any opinion expressed in this forum is not the opinions of American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolio Advisors, Inc. and have not been reviewed by the firm for completeness or accuracy.